Hey guys, thanks for tuning back in for All Things Reconsidered. This is episode three, and as always, I'm Joey. And I'm Brandon. And we are still not experts at this, but we're really happy that you stuck around. Yeah, we appreciate it, big time. Yeah, so uh, we have a lot of fun things to get into this time around. Um, There's some really, uh, something I want to talk to you about because uh, I'm still on TikTok and I get a lot of hate from angry fundamentalists. Of course. Um, It's kind of off-putting sometimes. Sure. But I guess... It should be expected with the territory. Absolutely. Um, but uh, one of the things that fundamentalists get so mad at me about is creationism. Ah, understandable. Well, and the fact that I, I don't believe in it. So I really, sure. we need to talk about that today. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. But before we do, um, there is something else I wanted to show you. Okay. You might not realize this, Brandon, but we right now are facing demonic persecution like the world's never seen. Of course not. And uh, according to some great prominent voices in the evangelical world, mm-hmm. we have things to worry about from Satan shoes. Of course. Uh, to demonic toys. Ooh. And, of course, Satan's still all over those Grammys. Oh, and yeah. The Oscars. Oh, yeah. The Oscars. Hollywood in general. Yeah. Hollywood is just, I mean, clearly. Breeding ground for Satanism. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, if you go to hell, it's just going to be all actors. <laughs> all, all actors and Democrats. Yeah. That's basically the whole, the, the entirety of hell. And we're not even saying anything controversial. This is just known facts. This is just what they really It is do. what it is. Well, there was a time when we had a general of the Christian faith walking among us. Okay. And uh, joking aside just for a second, I do actually have respect for this guy like as a person. And he did just pass away. So I'm not trying to like attack him as a person. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. But what we have left is what he left behind, uh, which is kind of funny to look at. Right. So we can look at it and laugh and, uh, you know. It, it is what it is. It sucks that he's... We can respect the person while also making fun of the art. Yeah, exactly. So I wanted to, I wanted to show you someone who was trying to encourage Christians to stand against the onslaught of demonism. Okay. Through song and music videos. <laughs> song and music. Okay. All right. Uh, now, to our viewers, I'll say he was not raised in a Christian home. I was not. Uh, I was. So, for me, uh, popular music, good music, uh, was not exactly encouraged, but we had replacements. Uh, so while you were listening to probably quality what, music, yeah, probably just whatever Tupac, it was. Biggie, sure, let's go. While he was listening to Tupac, uh, I had a Christian rapper of my own, <laughs> like Toby Mac. <laughs> That's not who we're talking about today, though, because he's he's not dead. Uh, Carmen, I've heard of Carmen. Oh, yeah, please. My wife knows about Carmen. Why don't you just tell us what you know about Carmen? Um, I. I don't know much about Carmen. I definitely thought Carmen was a woman at first when my wife first told me about him. Um, wow. Because of the name. I know it's kind of sexist, but it is what it is. Um, <laughs> and that's about all that I know. My like, my wife and one of my best friends were kind of reminiscing because they both grew up in church and I did not. Okay. And so typically my wife is on the outside of like my cultural references when I'm talking to my friends. Sure. And so like, I'll be talking about like... Star Wars or Harry Potter or, you know, just things like that. And she's like, I don't know what he's talking about. Like, I, I, I didn't grow up with stuff. Yeah. My yeah. friend was like, hey, Brandon, have you ever heard of Carmen? And my wife blew up. She's like, yes, <laughs> I know about Carmen. He doesn't know she about Carmen. She had her moment. She had her moment. She's <laughs> very awesome. excited about it. So I was like, what's Carmen? She goes, you don't want to know. 
Well, well, sorry to your wife, uh, but we will be introducing you today to Carmen. Because, oh, yeah. see, Christians, that, that's so interesting to me. Because Christians, we always think that we need to have replacements right. for worldly things. Yeah. We can't participate in shared cultural moments. Because then how can we how can we You're have, compromising. Well, yeah, we're compromising. And also, how can we have an us versus them mentality structured if we're part of the them? Right. We have to right. separate so that we can more adequately judge. We have to be better than them somehow. Exactly. So by being better, we just make worse products. We're going to make our own TV channels. <laughs> oh, we're going to make our own movie f- companies. We're going to make. We're, we're not going to celebrate Halloween. We have Trunk or Treat. Right. And Fall Festivals. Or Hallelujah Night. Or Hallelujah Night or, or Reformation Night. Yep. Um, so, anyway, the same is true for music. Oh, man. Without further ado, I'm just going to show you a few clips of some Carmen videos. Okay. As long as I feel like is possible before YouTube cans us for copyright They strike us down. Um, but this right here is one of Carmen's popular videos. Okay. It's called The Witch's Invitation. Oh, this sounds lovely. Yeah, so... I'm assuming this was played, like, every Halloween night oh, this in is, the church. this is played all the time, not even just on Halloween. All right. This was just, like, this got people going. Because <laughs> you'll see, this video, um, it's a story... I can't show the whole thing, so I'll have to just paraphrase. Yeah. But we'll link to it below. Yeah, there you go. But, but uh, basically, uh, Carmen says that he gets a letter okay. uh, from a warlock. Oh, who has a very fancy typography, and re- like I mean, really, like he's a he's good at calligraphy. Solid, oh yeah, nice, solid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That must be that must come with the territory. Calligraphy, satanic. Obviously. Yeah, obviously. that entire text style <laughs> is satanic. It is satanic. A lot of things. It's about called language. gothic. Yeah, there you go. What else? Do I you mean. Need? <laughs> I mean, it's the same thing with Harry Potter. Most of those spells are just Latin words. No, 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 no. So it must be demonic. Nah. <laughs> she got those from real spell books. Real spell I books. I read a blog post. Yeah, th- that blog was right, man. I don't care if they literally translate to Latin. Nope. They came from real spell books. And if they are Latin, then Latin's evil too. Nah. Don't read the Vulgate. I don't see anything in the Bible saying that Latin isn't evil, so yeah. therefore it is. Yeah. Exactly. So, he gets a letter. We are really stalling. I'm so sorry. <laughs> it's okay. We're moving on. He, he gets a letter saying, you know, that I'm a warlock and I want you to come over to my house. Of course. And so he throws it away at first, but then he thinks, wait, God may be using me in this moment to reach this guy. So okay. he goes, the warlock threatens him. Here, I'll, I'll start playing right, this yeah. now. But, uh, oh, I like his briefcase. Oh, yeah. So he comes over. Oh, the, the sunglasses. This, hold up, hold up. The sunglasses, the suit. The mailbox. It says Carmen, <laughs> it says on, Carmen the, on the. There's no number on it. <laughs> Not even a lesson. See, look at that. Oh man, look at that. That's that's like ballpoint pen. Yeah. I mean, that's just skill. Wine bats and eerie serpents whose eyes were tinted green. That letter was addressed to me, so as I opened it, I froze. What I read turned my complexion three shades of blue. It said my name is Isaac Horowitz. I'm a male witch, a warlock. Um, okay, gotta skip ahead because, like I said, I don't know how okay. much we're gonna get to show. Yep, right, uh, right. So he gets this letter. This whole first part is like spoken word. He throws it away and then he thinks, ah, maybe, maybe I'll, maybe I'll. Is watch that it. like a wicker basket that he uses as a trash can? Outside, he has an outdoor <laughs> wicker basket trash can on his porch uh, because he's a man of God, Brandon. Right, right. right. Okay, he doesn't let that stuff enter the house. No, you do not let satanic letters enter your house. Correct. <laughs> you have to have a basket out front. <laughs> That is that is christened the satanic baskets. Oh, amen. To keep your family amen. safe. There's a bloodline around the house. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, so here's the, here's the house. You got to see this. So he, he, he approaches the house, and it looks like kind of like the Hogwarts mansion. Yep. Uh, a little bit. I think this actually was made before Harry Potter. 
But yeah, maybe this right. is where she got the inspiration. Uh, probably. Hanging pentagrams, horoscope signs, a Ouija board, and Dungeons and Dragons games set on the table. A crystal ball with an incandescent shine. And graciously, he handed me some steaming herbal tea. Its presence caused my memory to jog. I thought of every horror flick I'd seen when I was a kid and thought, man, you drink this stuff, next day you'll be a frog. So already we're seeing this idea that Christians had, especially back then and still today, that Satanism and witchcraft are the same thing, which they are not, Mm -hmm. that um, they have black cats and that they have cauldrets that they make potions in and that they want to kill your children. Um, which if you take even... They're informing their idea of witchcraft off of Shakespeare at this point. Yeah, I mean, it's like, it's sad because if the church really wanted to make an impact in areas like, like these other religions and other religious views, right? I think the first thing that you could do is at least show the people enough respect to learn what they believe. To know about what they're talking about. Yeah. yeah. yeah Instead yeah, of yeah, just absolutely. coming at it with these assumptions that they're like, you know, the Adams family right. mixed with, you know, Dracula. <laughs> right. Okay. Anyway. So I want to get to the good part here. Okay. So he, he talks to this guy. Yep. This, here's the dude. Oh man. He puts him down in this, this fancy chair and he gives him these papers showing all of these weird deaths that okay, occurred yep. and taking credit for them. AIDS is satanic. Yes. Obviously, but he's he's explaining to Carmen like I was paid to curse people and now they're dead oh. because I'm that powerful, and so he says, "What can your God do against me?" So this guy's like the original Death Note. Yes, essentially. And look at that—he popped up. <laughs> if if we can get an actual Satanist in the comments to tell me, do you guys really do this? Is this really is this really hell Satan? Because I just know it as rock, like rock and roll, right? And I know Christians are afraid of it, but is it really used? But like, I I, I remember I remember whenever I was uh when I first started going to church, okay, uh-huh. like I was huge into heavy metal because my cousin growing up was in a heavy metal band, okay, and so obviously this is just you know rock hands, yeah, like that whole thing. But I remember doing that one time at church, and I had like my youth pastor at the time like pulled me off to the side and he's like, listen, I need to tell you the actual meaning of this symbol. Oh, wow. Like this, these are the horns yeah. of a ram. Like you're making a ram's face when you do that. Sure, sure. And that is, that's the sign of Satan. And so like I was even taught, like at a young age, like at, you know, 12, 13, that this was actually a satanic symbol. Yeah, I was still the same And I was thing, like, but... no, no, it's not. <laughs> and like, so I'm also from the north. I'm from Connecticut. Hey, I'm and from so, the North, too, actually. Something that we said a lot up there, like, instead of saying, hey, that's awesome. And, like, I know people are going to, you know, judge me in the comments, possibly. Uh-oh. But, like, saying that's wicked oh. was, like, that's cool. You yeah. know? And, like, people think, like, that's a joke. Like, you know, oh, you're from Boston. That's wicked. Like, <laughs> no, I'm not from Boston. I'm not from... But, like, up there, like, in New England area, wicked is just another word for awesome. And, sure. like, so I remember growing up, I was, like, super into skateboarding and all that stuff. I'm, like, yeah. dude, this is wicked. Yeah. And my dad was like, "Listen, we don't we don't use that word here. Oh, That's sure. an evil word. Like you only use wicked talking about the devil, wow, or sin." I was like, "He owns that word. I'm gonna keep using it to mean awesome. Is what <laughs> I'm gonna do." <laughs> you rebel. Oh yeah, you oh, yeah. were I'm wicked. Like, Listen, I was told that this, this was ingrained in me. I, I was told that this was evil too, but not because of the horns. It's because this makes a six. This makes a six, and then upside down, this makes a six. If your thumb's sticking out. Oh my god. So it's three so, sixes. So, this bad 
Yeah. This though is okay. Rock and roll. Like if if we tuck or if we like tuck it under, like are we good? Well, but like the, this is a dog though. Well, like that's like, a, like a shadow. That's a dog. demon dog. <gasps> do, do not demon dog. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, all right, we're getting back on track. Right. So let me show you uh, the the good part here. Okay. Yeah. I want to show you. So Carmen, he 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 gets confronted with all this, and he sure. thinks about it for a second, and then he says, "Wait a minute, I know how to beat this guy." Because this guy just explained, "How can your God possibly stand up to me when I'm this powerful?" Right. So Carmen thinks for a minute. And he comes up to the realization that he has an ace in the hole, oh. which is, you're going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> which is the Christian trump card for anyone out there. You think wait. you got a good religion going, but you just wait. <laughs> wait, wait. His trump card is you're going to hell. Yeah, dramatic imagery to show. Let me just let me show yeah, you. Okay. We'll, we'll play this part in the video. Right. I said, my friend, one day they're coming for you. The soft associates in your incantations. The friendly demons you think you now control. The time will come when you'll be lying in bed, wheezing like a dying animal. When those spirits lay claim to the rights they own to your soul. Then the room will grow dark. And the most hideous evil faces you've ever seen will come flaming out of the floor with a yell. The vile informants that promised reincarnation will claw your spirit and victoriously drag your soul to hell. So, the... Yeah. There... What? So, if you recall, um, there's a certain Bible verse that says that the goodness of God will draw men to repentance. Correct. Carmen thought, nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. We're just going to do the demonic uh, uh, entities will draw men to repentance. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. Uh, the fear of a green demon pulling you into a porthole. Where is that even in the Bible at all? Green demons and portholes? I don't know. Like, I don't know if it's in there. That's, that's uh-huh. wild. Is that, that, like, that, is the, that is penal substitution. Yeah. To a T, if we're being honest, like that's where that kind of boils back to is P subs. Like, like P subs. <laughs> he has like that line in there. I think it was the demons will finally lay claim to your soul and victoriously drag yeah. your soul to hell. Right. I didn't think that the devil was victorious. Ever, it's like, but we don't realize that demons don't have claim to our soul anymore that's right like that was the whole point of the cross yeah was jesus is now taking away mm-hmm. the keys from 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 death from, from hell death, hell sin all of that he has defeated and, and and he made a show of them openly is what it says right so it's like yeah. the idea that evil has a claim to your soul that it gets to like cash in when you finally die yeah is so against the idea of the cross. Like, I can't even comprehend that. Like, that is wild. And, and especially his use of the word victory. He said yeah. that they will victoriously drag your soul to hell. Right. I cannot think of any excuse for that. How you can look at the cross, the total defeat of death itself, and then still turn around and say, you know, that, that they have any kind of victory. Yeah, it's such an interesting, like, way to form that thought. Yeah. Because my whole argument is... And something that I think me and Joey both agree on is we, of course, we believe in hell. Yeah. You know, like, and that's something that we get a lot on TikTok is, you know, you're preaching that people don't go to hell. I've never once said that. I don't believe that. I believe that there are a lot of people going to hell. I think I believe there are a lot more people than we think that are going to hell because our entire argument is, you know, sin can't stand in the presence of God. If you think for one second, you're going to be completely sinless when you die, you're wrong. Yeah. But... I don't think that demons are going to drag you through a porthole to hell. 
I, I think that it's important to note, although we're saying people will go to hell, we're also of the mind that hell is not eternal. Right. That you, that it's not a place of eternal conscious torment. Right. Um, and that we get some of this from, prim, well, where I get it from primarily is two different areas where, for one, Jesus describes hell, and he says that all shall be seasoned with fire. Right, yeah. Um, and then... Paul backs that up by saying that uh, our works will be tried by fire and that those whose works were built on the foundation of Christ will re- will endure that fire and receive a reward. Yep. And those whose works were not built on Christ will be burnt up. Right. They'll suffer loss and yet be saved. Yeah. Uh, creating an idea that hell is more of a state of being with God. Yeah. Where um, basically you are experiencing the love of God that you are rejecting. Yeah, right. And that that experience is a is, is not pleasant. There are still things in it, us mm-hmm. that are distorting our likeness of God. Yeah. Because we aren't just God's creation. Mm-hmm. We're made in his image. And so God's anger isn't pointed at us. His anger is pointed at the sin in us. Yes. And when we die, there's still going to be something in us that distorts that view of him in us. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, you know, we will all, like Joey said, we're all going to go through that season mm-hmm. of fire. That's what Jesus said. That's what Jesus says. Yeah. Not just what Joey said. That's what Jesus says. I didn't you know, say we that. will be seasoned with fire. Yeah. But it is God's love manifested as God's wrath. You know what's funny is I started this episode by saying how fundamentalists were mad at me. And then you had to go and bring this topic up. And now they're really going to be oh, mad yeah, at us. Yeah. <laughs> we might as well just lean into it. <laughs> I got this guy on TikTok making a whole series about me. This random IT guy in Tennessee. Right. And he's making a series about me being the Antichrist. I don't want to talk about it. Listen. Does that make me the beast? I think so. Or the false prophet. I don't mm. know. Well, the false prophet is the Antichrist. If Right. I don't know, man. Maybe we're both antichrists. Being that the I want seven phrase, heads. go for it. I'm not going to stop you. All right. But uh, being that that the only time the word antichrist is used in the Bible is in First and Second John. He's the only person to write those words. Now, yes, Paul references the son, uh, the man of disobedience, yep. or dis, uh, dishonor. Disobedience. Yes. I think it's ballpark. There you go, guys. Bible college, what can I say? <laughs> but John does use the word antichrist, uh, but he always referred to it as a spirit. Correct. And he even referred to it as a plural. Uh, so we're all so hung up on finding this one antichrist. Uh, it's both of us. It's both of us. You're welcome. There you go, guys. The search is over. You can, this- you can stop with the conspiracy theories, memes on Facebook. It's us. Renaming our podcast. We are the Antichrist. That is a lie. We are not the Antichrist. No, we're not. We're really not trying to be Antichrist. No. Anyway, we had some other stuff we wanted to talk about, but I'll leave it up to you, Brandon. Do you want us to move on or save this for another episode? Because I do have more Carmen to show you. Uh, I think we should save Carmen for a little bit later. Okay. I mean, I think we're going to have to make a Carmen segment because it seems like Carmen has a lot of content for me to get through. I had two other videos to show you, but... We, we that witch's invitation left yeah, so much to talk wild. about. <laughs> okay, so we'll, we'll we'll make a new segment um, for Carmen. We'll have to come up with a clever name. Yeah, yeah. Uh, drop a name in the comments below if you have an idea of what our Carmen section, uh, Carmen, 
segment. content should be. Yes. Segment is the and, one I was And uh, if you guys, if we have fellow exvangelicals watching, uh, why don't you try to guess which karma video I'm going to show them next? Because I have yes. I have two prepped. I won't know what they are. I promise. <laughs> yeah. And don't click them. <laughs> and thing. I won't look them up yeah. <laughs> because I am enjoying this. Because I got two that I'm really excited to show you. But let's go ahead and move on. Yeah. So I think... You know, this witch's invitation thing kind of leads well into uh, the idea of persecution yeah. in the church. Okay, yeah. Um, we were kind of going a different direction, but No, man, let's do it. Let's do it. That witch's invitation really kind of uh, set the tee up great for the idea of persecution. It really did. I, I mean, he, uh, the whole letter of the invitation yeah. and the go, you're going to hell, like, why do we as Christians just love the idea of persecution, but at the same time, try our best to run away from it at every turn. Yeah. I I don't know, man. I I think that uh, there's this modern martyr myth in America. Now, yes, of course there are actual martyrs. Absolutely. All over the world. There are actual people being persecuted for their faith. Right. And we're not saying any sort of negative things about those heroes no not we're, at we're, all we are strictly focusing on america and in america there is a myth of martyrdom correct there is this fascination even fantasizing level right. it, it's even if you go on tiktok and look look at hashtag martyr or hashtag martyrdom mm-hmm. or just christian tiktok there are people who are fantasizing That's so strange about being a martyr right and if you're interested brandon i can actually kind of divulge some of what i think is the history of how that happened yeah yeah i'd love to so this goes back further than this but speaking directly to our generation yep uh it really to me seems to have started uh in the early 90s uh because we we started out if you think back to our well actually you weren't raised christian i was not well let me let me let me introduce you some things then you know about veggie tales right yes i do did you know that the very first episodes were about martyrs were they really well biblical martyrs not just like modern ones but the first episode was about daniel okay and then right after that they did shadrach meshach and abednego okay yep both cases where people were being old well i guess it's not really martyr if they lived but Fair. But we're going through persecution. Correct, yes. So we're all, like, immediately, as young kids, taught to look up to, and you should look up to Daniel. And then. Yeah, I'm absolutely. not saying you shouldn't, but as very young and impressionable kids, we're taught to idolize this idea of being persecuted. Right. And of being martyrs even. Right, yeah. You keep going in that early 90s, mid 90s, eventually you hit things like Jesus Freak. Yep, yep. I mm-hmm. love DC Talk. Well, at least I did as a kid. Yep. Now they're just kind of funny. But uh, DC Talk put out Jesus Freak. Oh, it yes, was a game changer. I think you were saying once that even though you got into Christianity late, it was still being played. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love me some Jesus Freak. Yeah, I mean, you got into Christianity like 10 years after it came out. And it was <laughs> yeah. it was still a thing. <laughs> yeah. Because the church is always like 10 years behind in, in trends. But that's Big a- fat belly. Yeah, wiggle around, around like Marmalade like jelly. jelly. I want to know if he still has that tattoo. Did he lose weight? Is it still a big fat belly? I want to know. The people need to know. Toby Mac, let us know. Toby, get on it. <laughs> we need to get Toby on this podcast. Everybody uh, at Toby. <laughs> at him this segment of the podcast. We want to know the updates on the man with the big fat belly. Yes, I mean, really. Not quite. Uh, full disclosure, I definitely thought the guy was talking about Santa Claus. <laughs> Like, I was picturing Santa Claus. No, Santa Claus is demonic, man. <laughs> That's stealing Christmas from, from Jesus. No, anyway. So back to... So so Jesus Freak is... Um, 
extremely popular. Sure. And again, it becomes this this fantasy of of being persecuted. This idea that I should embrace persecution. It's, right. It's kind of cool. It's kind of like a confirmation I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. Sure. Um. So that keeps going on, and you get finally to Columbine, and mm. in Col- when Columbine happened in 1999, I think. Yep. Or uh, yeah, 98. Uh, when Columbine. I'll do a fact check while you're talking. Thank you. When Columbine happened. Um, there were two girls in particular who tragically lost their lives along with the, the other victims. We actually just and passed the anniversary of Columbine. Did we? It was April 20th of 1999. Yeah. It, it, wow. it's It's horrible. I was When I was researching this topic, I was reading some of the stories of what happened from the, the Columbine wiki. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just gut-wrenching. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Um, that is, is, is hell. Yeah. Earth. You know, people want to know if we believe in hell. Yes, I do. Absolutely. There's an example of hell on Earth right there. Correct. But anyway, that's beside the point. Um, so uh, in the in, in the aftermath of, of Columbine, two names came forward as martyrs. Now these girls really did lose their life, and it is obviously tragic. But these this myth formed around them that they were asked, "Do you believe in God?" Mm. and that they answered yes, and then were shot. Uh, one, it, I remember hearing about that. Yeah, well, it was it spread like after so, after I started going. I didn't hear about it before I started going to church. Yeah, but afterwards I did. Well, so one of the girls' name was uh, Cassie, and she her story spread like wildfire. It was talked about in every church, every youth group. She became a, a, a hero, and she is a hero just for having Absolutely. come through that. But yeah. but the FBI actually so the story started spreading that she was asked do you believe in god and she said yes and she was shot mm-hmm. but other people in the room did not corroborate that story and the fbi when they interviewed everyone who was there they actually told cassie's parents that they had no evidence that that ever occurred wow but cassie's parents wrote a book anyway wow about her being a martyr wow and her story spread uh what That's really gross. happened yeah what really happened was that this other girl in the library was asked, do you believe in God? She did say yes, and she was shot. But she survived. And when she told her story, the church called her a liar. No. Because that somebody heard that phrase, do you believe in God, and then heard a gunshot while they were hiding. And they thought it was Cassie, oh, but they were wrong. No. It was this girl. Um, so all of that aside, the, the fact—and the same thing happened with another girl, too, named Rachel— um, where there was just no evidence of, of that right. occurring. So all that story aside, as tragic as it is, the fact remains that this martyr myth spread like wildfire. They became they became heroes. Right. And uh, now today we have people uh, in our generation, in Gen Z, and older than us, that are fantasizing yeah, about maybe sure. being a martyr one day. Right. And I, I think that's so unhealthy. I, I do believe there's a healthy level of persecution that every Christian should have to endure, though. Because, you know, Paul and John, you know, they talk about do not avoid persecution. Yeah, absolutely. You know, you know Matthew 5.10, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Yeah. So persecution is an essential, it's kind of hard to say essential, but it is a expected part of the Christian faith. However, it annoys me when we look for persecution where it isn't. Yes. And then also, we do everything we can to legislate persecution away. Like, that's something that irks a nerve in me, is we try to control our government into protecting Christianity. Yeah. Whenever a majority of revelations Mm -hmm. is John talking about Christians getting in bed with authority. Yeah. 
Exactly. That's so, that's the a major message of Revelation. That's that's John's whole part of you know Revelation is you're not being persecuted anymore because you're in bed with power and right. that's a problem. Return to your first love. These other churches are suffering. Mm-hmm. I commend them. Yeah, you're not because you've you know you've, because you've sided with Rome. You've sided with Rome and you're not being persecuted for that reason. Return yeah. to your first love, and, and now, you're going to be persecuted. And now the American church is doing that exact same thing with America instead of Rome. And then still we claiming think, persecution. Yeah. We think that America is the modern-day Israel, when really it's the modern-day Babylon. Right, yeah. And uh, we we get so scared over our Christian liberties being attacked and call right. that persecution. The way I see it, most of the time when the Christian right is up in arms about Christian persecution. Mm-hmm. They're not talking about the Christians in other countries who are literally being killed. No. They no. are talking about the fact that they Having to have wear to, a mask to church. Yeah, they have to wear a mask to church. Or, yeah. or the fact that a, a bakery has to bake a cake for everyone. Right. You know, they're complaining about stuff that is not persecution. Has nothing it, to it, do it, with being persecuted for Christ. Right. That mask stuff is just about safety. Right. And then other things are about equality. But right. equality feels unfair to those who have been prospering from inequality. Right. Yeah, absolutely. To people who actually, like have have oppressed or have had at least an elevated level in society equality seems unfair right the fact is in america christians have a very comfy elevated space we do there is not one facet of of an american life that is not helped by or at the very least not hindered by being a christian correct yeah you know and then and it's funny because if there's any small little thing that does hinder what you're doing we're being persecuted. Christianity is under attack. Yeah, the, you know this is the beginning of the end. This yeah. is the like this is the beginning of revelation. Yeah, it's like no, it's not. Like one Christian church, you know, someone getting arrested that's a Christian for doing something illegal. Yeah, does is not the first trumpet sounding for revelation. And let's not even get into the fact that. Most of what we're complaining about, if you really want to get on fire about, you know, people being harmed and persecuted, there are there are lots of different things that we could get you plugged into oh, and yeah. be upset about. Absolutely. But having to wear a mask in your church is not one of them. Right. You in the fact and like I said in other episodes, I think, this is one of the biggest things that has led to deconstruction for so many in our generation. Yeah. That we went through twenty twenty and saw Christians get louder over masks than they did over George Floyd. Right. And right. And, and you call that persecution. Yeah. And, and, and while people are actually being persecuted. Right. And while we can disagree on certain things surrounding George Floyd and, you know, the whole that whole thing with Black Lives Matter, what we cannot disagree on is that a man that was made in the image of God lost his life. It was he was murdered. And that was not mourned. By the church. It wasn't at They all. did what they could to justify the actions. Yeah. And again, we can disagree about, you know, the legitimacy of what happened. That's fine. What we cannot disagree on is we did not respond correctly to God's image bearer dying at yeah. the hands of another image bearer of God. Yeah. I think, I think that it's despicable that we didn't call out for justice. Right, absolutely. The fact that the, fact that the God of justice was brought up when Trump lost, but not when a, a man was murdered. Correct. And then we have people trying to justify this murder by saying, well, you know, he was on drugs. So what? I, I, I cannot get past how jaded the Christian church is 
to an, a fellow man, an image bearer of, of God, uh, their struggles and the, the fact that, they, that he was murdered because you want to find some sort of excuse to why it was okay. Right. I, I just think it's, that's disgusting. It's mind-boggling to me, you know, as my my dad is black, you know, so I I see this on both sides of of the fence, and it's justice is what God wants. Yes. And justice is not Derek Chauvin going to jail. That is a part of it, yes. But justice is wrong things being made right. Yeah. And so I think part of that is addressing the fact that the church did not respond correctly. Yes. Is saying we messed up in our response to it. Mm-hmm. We did not cry out for justice for this man that deserved justice. I think that there there's this an interesting um, and sad uh, uh, article or, or survey actually that came out in 2018 mm-hmm. where they asked different people of different religious groups, including non-religious, mm-hmm. uh, who do you think is the most persecuted group in America? And uh, uh, based on religion, sure. And so they ask, you know, they ask Jewish communities, they yep. ask Muslims, they ask every every different religion, right? And every single group agreed that Muslims were the most persecuted group, sure, except for one. I have a strange idea. I know who it is. It was not just Christians, but more specifically, white evangelicals, who said that they were the most persecuted group, <laughs> that they were the most persecuted group in America. Now. A couple of things that are weird about this. First of all, that was dur- during the Trump years. Right. That was during... That was their prime. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, but second of all, it's the fact that they take political defeat as a sign that they are facing persecution. That they take, you know, their guy not... That they take, you know, maybe the fact that they lost control of the house. Right. To be a sign that they are now facing actual persecution. I do not I, I don't know, that. and I don't know if what to even call this. If it's just narcissism, that we're so obsessed with our own standing that we can't bear a, a political defeat, so we think we're persecuted. Right. Or, or if it's just that we're <laughs> snowflakes, <laughs> that, I, that can't <laughs> handle certain things, but... I, I just it, it, it it's mind boggling. The idea a single a single white person can believe that they are more persecuted against than a Muslim I know person, an I Islamic know. person yeah. is mind blowing to me. I mean it it's it's a shame really. I mean yeah. it there, there's no point in American history where the Christian church has been more persecuted than anybody, yeah. especially the white Christian church. I know, I know. I think that a lot of this comes from being in an echo chamber. Right. You know, I, I would venture to guess that a, a lot of these people who feel like they're not per- – that, that, or that they are being persecuted probably don't have a whole lot of relationships with people who actually are. Right, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of these people who are so quick to say they're the most persecuted probably never even thought about the persecution that a undocumented immigrant faces. Sure. Because they probably don't have any relationships. Right. Because they probably are in an echo chamber. Right. And they already have their thoughts on that person. Exactly. They, they Even if they had a chance to talk to that person, they already know everything they need to know about that. They're not being persecuted against. It's just the law. Yeah. It is what it is. And, and so whenever there's a – whenever there's something that's kind of coming against the law protecting them, they think it's persecution. Yeah. Exactly. So whenever the other people are doing it, they're breaking the law. Yeah. But whenever the law starts shifting in their favor uh, against their favor, it's now just not well. It was illegal for them. It's now persecution for me. Yeah. 
you know? Yeah. I, I think that um, – I, I think one thing to keep in mind is that if the American church really was facing persecution, this response would still not be the right response. Correct. The response for persecution should be joy yeah. knowing – that we are following Christ correctly. Yeah, yeah. Jesus exactly. says, if the world hates you, it's okay. They hated me first. Yeah. So if you really <laughs> do feel like you're being persecuted, and if you're in America, and if you're white and a Christian, you're not being persecuted. But, right. But moving aside from that, if you really do feel like you're being persecuted, your angry, bitter, racist rants on Facebook are not the proper response. Correct. Matthew 5.44 Love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you. Yeah. So the response to persecution is prayer. And not a God kill them prayer. Either. No. Because I know some people are going to be, oh, that's a loophole. I'm praying for them. I'm because it's that. prefaced by love your enemies. Yeah, exactly. So it's like we're called to love those that persecute us and not just love them, but to pray for them. Now, who's our, now Jesus is the example of how to love your enemy and how did he do it when he was on that cross he had a perfect opportunity right then and there. Call down fire. He could have gone after these enemies the same way that you go after your political enemies, sorry, demonic enemies, right. on Facebook. He could have right then and there been exactly what the Old Testament thought that God was. Yeah. He could have been exactly what Joshua thought that God was. He yep. could have been what Elijah thought that God was. Yep. But instead, he showed us the real God in Jesus. When he, instead of calling down fire instead of destroying his enemies he said father forgive them yep. and when he said those words it was the death right then and there to our false idea of a monstrous god correct right then and there he forever put that idea to rest because in the middle of persecution the type of persecution that israel faced for the entirety of its history going in and out of slavery bondage babylon egypt all these things where they thought God wanted them to kill all of their enemies. Yeah. Jesus going through that same persecution, now being killed, instead of showing them that God that they thought they were used to, yeah. said, Father, forgive them. Exactly. Exactly. And right there, that was the end to the argument that God is a vengeful, monstrous right. God. It was the end of the argument that the wrath of God is on man. Correct. The wrath of God is on sin and death, which Jesus defeated. It's yeah. not on us. And, and all that to say, um, I, I hope that uh, we didn't offend too many people. Ah, I couldn't imagine why we could have. Uh, but that's with the territory. But all that to say, I do. I'm not saying that every Christian in America has an easy life. Absolutely not. It's the same. The same thing comes up with the concept of white privilege, right? Which I think we also should be talking about Christian privilege. Yeah. When we say white privilege, we're not saying that all white people are privileged in that like they never have to work no or that they have tons of money inherently correct you know i'm white and i have a job i had to work for stuff right okay but you know what else i did also get help from my parents because of the privilege of generational wealth right not that i'm rich or anything i'm not at all, <laughs> i'm just saying i'm just saying like white privilege and christian privilege we're not saying that you never have to work or that you never face struggles or you never have a bad day right we're not saying that christians don't have issues that yeah. are exclusive to christianity because there are those things exactly all we're saying is that for white privilege yes you have issues but you being white never makes it worse right your whiteness never adds to your problems and with christians you may have issues yeah. but being a christian isn't amplifying those problems Be in america in america we again, if we have any international audience, 
of course there is persecution and those people are literally being beheaded. Yeah. And they are dying for their faith and we commend them. I mean, they are facing things that we quite possibly will never understand. Yeah. And they are still choosing to follow Jesus. But in America... But in America, that is not happening. And we have to stop acting like it is because all we are doing is downplaying the significance of legitimate persecution. Exactly. Real persecution is happening in your city. If you get out of your white suburbs... Yeah. (laughs) I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said that. If you get out of your area for just a minute and, and, and talk to people outside of your usual sphere... You'll you'll probably be moved by hearing some of the struggles that people face every day, right? And, and that we have become jaded to because we assume we know everything about them. We assume things are are other people's faults, and we assume we're being persecuted, and we assume that we're the real persecuted ones. When really there are systems in place that are oppressive and that are hurting people, systems that sometimes we benefit from, right? And until we are honest about that, we will never bring heaven to earth. Yep. Until we are honest about the oppressive structures that hold people down, even if it means we benefit from them, we're never going to do what Jesus said to do, which was to bring heaven to earth where there is equality and freedom. Right. I, I mean, I know that, that that's very SJW of me, but what can I say? You, you, you watch a podcast to get how I really feel. So there <laughs> it is. So um, I think now would be a good time to kind of wrap up that that segment on, you know, falsified christian persecution yes um yeah it's something that's near and dear to our heart because you know we really don't face it and we kind of we want to honor the people that do yes you know and acting like we do is dishonoring to them and i'm not i'm not here for that right and so just kind of putting shedding some light on the reality of persecution in america is an important thing because it's not there for christians um but we are very excited to announce a new segment on oh. the All Things Reconsidered podcast. Great. I didn't know we were still doing that. Let's oh, see. yeah. Okay. It is called the Reconstructed Bookshelf. Yes. So on this podcast, on this segment of the podcast, we want to introduce you to some literature that we think could help, you know, with this deconstruction and reconstruction journey that everybody's going on. People have asked us what kind of books that we're reading on Joey's TikTok and in the comment section. So we want to help you start building up that library. And yes. so, Joey, what is this week's super uh, bookshelf recommendation? Okay, I'm so excited about this. I'll try to keep it brief because I know we've gone over our time already. Yep, absolutely. Uh, but this book, well, I'll just show you. This is Faith Unraveled by Rachel Held Evans, the saint Rachel Held Evans. She, um, this book was a gift from God to me. It honestly ministered to me. I don't want to get sappy about it, but it literally brought me to tears several times reading this because she details her deconstruction from Christianity and the journey of falling back in love with Jesus and with the Bible all over again. Her her journey of deconstructing and rebuilding. Yeah. And this is perfect for anyone who has ever uh, started asking questions about their faith. And then that one question leads to another. And you didn't even try. You know, deconstruction is not something that anybody seeks out. Right, yeah, absolutely. Deconstruction is something that happens to you one question at a time. Yep. And soon it's like a thread. It just unravels the whole thing. And she's here to show that, first of all, you're not a bad Christian for asking questions. Absolutely. You're not not having enough faith for being curious about why this says that and why the Bible verse says this. Yeah. You are okay. And that God's not mad at you yeah. for asking questions. 
and, and that the typical copy and paste fundamentalist answers, if they're not satisfying for you, that's, that's okay. okay. You can go deeper. You can learn and, and grow closer to, to Jesus. She takes you through that journey. She she actually was raised in that town in Tennessee. I can't think of the name of the town, but it's the one where the Scopes monkey trial happened. Yep. Anyway, she... I'm, I, I, We're getting too much into the book, John. They I'm have sorry. to read the book. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The I'm point just... of the bookshelf from the get the books and read. Obviously, Joey's very passionate about this book. It's a great And book. you will be too. Yes. Uh, this is not sponsored. No. This is not sponsored at all. We just love this book. Which leads us to my next exciting thing about the reconstructed bookshelf is our Patreon-only live stream that we'll be doing once a month to go over books like this. And so this month's book club, I don't know if we're going to be able to do it this month at the end of this month, so we'll probably push it out to the end of May. It gives you plenty of time to get the book, read it, dig into it. At the end of May, we will be doing a live stream for our Patreons only, so make sure you go to our Patreon, All Things Reconsidered, and make sure you sign up for the book club level. Um, it's on there. I'll I have to look to the tier. We'll link the tier in the comment section below and we will go over this book and we'll talk about it and we'll answer questions that you guys have about the things that she talks about in there and we're super excited to kind of dig into these things with everybody yes and just kind of grow in our knowledge together and that's why we have the thing like the patreon is so we can have special events like that so Absolutely. make sure you go on our patreon check it out we thank you for the support and any level that you can give we have an awesome discord server so make sure you subscribe to that yeah um, i might just be talking about this for the next week or two on discord but hey if you're probably because oh my god there's more i want to say but you're cutting you're cutting it i'm out. cutting joey off because we gotta bring the podcast to an end i get it i get it i'm gonna be glad if people listen this far <laughs> But as always, thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of All Things Reconsidered. Thanks, guys. Make sure you leave a comment, like, subscribe, share. If you've not subscribed to the channel, click the button, ring the bell so you know when we upload, and let us know what you guys want us to talk about in future episodes. We can't wait to see you guys next week. See you guys.